Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a podcast from The Bugle. The locals say this abandoned amusement park is haunted. Sure, they said the same thing about the last one and the one before that and both castles and the abandoned aquarium. And sure, all those ghosts turned out to be real estate developers in masks. But it's definitely a real ghost this time. Your first step is to split up so the dog can make a giant sandwich. If that vet was such an expert, then why was he pretending to be a ghost? Next, you look for clues until the ghost chases you around. Finally, you set a trap and catch the ghost red-handed. Except... It's not a ghost. It's a real estate developer in a mask. What a twist. But wait, there's something else wrong. That's not skin. It's another mask. With trembling hands, you reach out and begin to pull and the real estate developer's face peels away to reveal the gargle. Welcome to the gargle. This is the Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper of Visual World, a podcast with all of the news, none of the politics. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine are Alison Spittle and Athena Kublenu. Hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, this is going to be a delightful uh, thing. Anything exciting happening in your lives? <laughs> I'm sorry, this wasn't in the pre-prepared questions that I sent through for you to script answers to, Alison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, nothing really. Um, I did a gig last night with a guy called Jerry kept heckling me. And uh, then he said, we made a good show, didn't we? <laughs> No, we did not, Jerry. No, we did not. It's my favourite kind of show, the non-consensual double act. Yes, exactly, where the stand-up comedian is supposed to be the straight man to a coked-up 70-year-old, you know what I mean? Yes, but he's the straight man and the c***. <laughs> All right, before we rinse off in the sink and introduce our clean hands into the aquatic petting zoo that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover. front cover of the magazine this week is a Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez retrospective where you realize that they both look terrifyingly not 20 years older than they used to look and wonder what exact combination of lasers peels and live axolotl massage keeps you looking that young you'd think just being rich might be the secret but then you realize it can't be because Rupert Murdoch look at Rupert Murdoch unless he's 500 years old in which case well done looking good the satirical cartoon this week is set in a gym. Uh, so it's a drawing of a gym and a weedy looking guy is helplessly leaking fluids onto a peck deck and saying, uh, excuse me, could I get some tips on how to bulk up? And next to a massive jacked guy who's labelled the cost of living. You recognise the heavy handed metaphor when you see the jacked guy eating the skinny guy's lunch money and the skinny guy is labelled public services. Wow, so incisive. 
Now it's time for our top story, tech section news, scary chess robot update. Uh, it's exciting chess news, and you know a headline uh, about exciting chess news means either incredibly boring chess news or existentially terrifying news that happens to have to do with chess. In this instance, it is the second one of these options. Uh, chess robot has torn off a human finger in order to eat it or break into a vault, I guess. No, that's a slight exaggeration. Uh, Alison Spittle, you've broken the fingers of your local board game opponents in the past. Can you unpack this story for us? Yes, Alice. Well, this is a Queen's Gambit that did not pay off for this poor seven-year-old child who was uh, playing chess against a robot um, and he went to make a move and the robot held his finger until it broke, uh, which to me is um, it's hilarious that this has made the news because when you think about it, how many swans have broken the fingers of children over this past year? Loads, I'd say, but they don't make the news because they can't play chess. And what I think we should do is teach swans how to play chess so uh, we can get rid of these chess-playing robots. Um, it reminded me a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the real Queen's Gambit is sending a swan to do her dirty work. Yeah, that's true. That's Actually, true. we can all admit the real Queen's Gambit is selling arms, but let's not focus on that. <laughs> but the swans break arms, you know? She's doing nothing wrong. Um <laughs> And this reminds me of my dad. My dad, um, when I used to play board games with my dad, he used to get quite competitive to the point of one time we were playing Frustration, uh, which is a game where you, you you roll a dice by hitting a little um, a little plastic dome and then the, the, the dice keeps going. I kept doing that. And my dad just got the whole game of Frustration and threw it against the wall. And I thought... Like I even as a child being very afraid, I was like, "That's very ironic that like uh, <laughs> that a game of frustration would drive a man to to throw it against the wall." But um, yeah, I'm. It's making me a bit scared of how I treat my robots now in the future, knowing that robots can break your your finger. Um, I'm gonna treat my Furby with a lot more respect now. <laughs> um, I'm gonna stop feeding it cigarettes and using it as a football. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's that that's my report on that on that on that uh, robot breaking finger chess game. Athena, would you play chess with a finger breaking robot? Yeah, absolutely. Bring it on. Um, I don't. I think there should be jeopardy in everything that concerns robots. I don't want a nice robot. I want you know. I want a robot that could kill me. Otherwise, what if you're a seven year old, right? And your and your parents are saying you've got to be good at chess. Where's the incentive? If it's not be good, otherwise you're going to get your fingers broken. Okay, this is just excellent parenting. Uh, oh, be good, otherwise you might be a bit sad if you lose. Come on, guys, what is this? Is this chess playing or is it just messing about? You know, you've taken him out of school. Um, but I, I thought about this and I... If I was a robot, right, and I'm thinking to myself, I want to prove to humans that I'm really good at chess, and my human said, all right then, play a seven-year-old, I'd be like, excuse me? I just told you <laughs> I want to prove to you that I'm good at test, chess and you're giving me this child that has skid marks in its pants and, and <laughs> I'm supposed to... And I'd, just, I'd break his finger and I'd be like, next, bring me a grown adult that has gone through an adolescence. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, this, the, these kids, they hold hands and they say, oh, we're married. That's how juvenile they are. And you want, <laughs> and you want me, to, me to prove my intellect against this person that still watches PJ Masks and all this nonsense. No, I wouldn't have it. So I would say they are they are lucky it was just a broken finger. It could have, you know, it could have been um, 
impaled on the, on the rook, you know, a rook in the eye, you know, so they're lucky um, there wasn't a bush, a bishop in the, a bishop up the nostril, uh, quite frankly. Um, and I think it's great. Um, and I think robots, if you're listening, the only way you're going to get what you want is through violent, um, violence. And we know this because of Malcolm X. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want, if, yes. you, want, if you want respect, um, then break the fingers of unworthy oppo- opponents. I mean, the worst part of this whole situation was all the adults circling around this child with the finger in the grasp of the robot going, castle out of there, man, castle out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all the time we have for our tech section because now it's time for your ads. Your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. Do you have a patchy beard? Has that never bothered you before? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Beard Density Insecurity. Get some beard density and security up you. It'll bring a whole new spectrum of opportunity into your life. The choice to rub unguents into your jawline in the hope you'll become more consistently her suit, despite the fact that if they worked, anyone who used them would have hairy palms. Have you considered drawing your chin hair on until you look like a Ken? Hmm. Beard density and security. Try some today. Have you always wanted an animal but can't afford one? Save big by buying factory seconds in Australia. We've got ducks with beaver tails, giant rabbits with their babies on the outside, ostriches but evil. In Australia, our crimes against nature are your savings. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tongs. Tongs. Be a crab in the kitchen and a crab in the bedroom. Yeah, that water is nice, but what if you boiled it? What if you threw in some leftover tree hair? What if you got really crazy and added some cow leakage? Tea. Pimp your half a glass of water today. Uh, that's all the time we have for our ads because now it's time for your nature section. Nature section now. Uh, badgers bringing home the goods, and by goods I mean human skulls. Uh, Athena, you've buried some human skulls in your time. Can you unpack this story for us? That's right. This old lady lives near a cemetery, which is already a terrible choice. Um, and I think, <laughs> you know, once you live near a, church, a cemetery, any related story is like it's on you. that's that's kind of it's like living it's like when you buy a house near a train track you never buy a house near a train track because you know the trains will be noisy network rail are going to buy the land or your house is going to get knocked down made into a station well you shouldn't have done that you live near a cemetery cemetery, there's going to be zombies at some point in your life you know you you invalidate your insurance um already but anyway um what's happened is um badgers have been i guess exhuming hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, remains and bringing the rose remains to this old lady now first of all i think that's a very unlikely story and we need to look into this old lady's um 
life and <laughs> just just locate all of her loved ones first of all like let's have let's if you find lots of human remains in someone's body in someone's garden and they say oh it's the badgers we you don't just write a news article about it you sort of go is it though <laughs> is it really is it really Anne? is it really the badgers um if, it, <laughs> if and if it is the badgers then that's a warning for us all because we do cull them every year because apparently they spread tb and they would probably not like not to be culled. And maybe this is them going, you know what? This is stage one. We're just gonna dig up some dead people and sort of s- spread them around just so they know what we're capable of. And I would say if a badger is capable of a thinking of that, executing it, then they're capable of quite a lot. Um, and then if we ignore, it was true. And if we continue to ignore them, it's not gonna be exhuming dead people. I'll be going to hospitals and just sort of dragging people out with that, their IVs and things like that. Oh yeah, I in. mean, they could unplug, they could they could unplug you from the wall. And I mean, it's definitely a threat because badgers are in the uncomfortable position of being both a protected species and a pest. Uh, so they're in a very like precarious position. They don't know if they're gonna be protected or wounded. It's like a kind of a traumatic psychological you know, you don't know how you someone's going to react to you if they're going to react to you like you're a pest or like you're an adorable um, character from Wind in the Willows. They're, they don't they know, you don't sick. know if they're going to murder you or cast yeah. you in a in a Wind in the Willows in the Park production. Uh, so of course, I yeah, vengeance. Apparently, um, the police treated this as a crime scene, an active crime scene to begin with, <laughs> but then they found more bones and it became less. <laughs> Allison. <laughs> brilliant so the more the more people you kill the less the police care like oh it's just too much for us <laughs> yeah. you know uh, it's like a house clearance oh it's too much here. just leave it um that, that's incredible but i i agree this, this these mixed messages that we're sending to badgers we love you but we hate you uh it never it never ends well i mean i don't know about you but i'm passive aggressive in all my relationships and that's why they've all ended up in the bin and we need to we need to learn from this but i'm terrified of Anne, Anne and the badgers i think they're oh, they're working Anne together and the badgers. Anne, yeah it oh, must be yes oh yeah no they're her familiars for sure can we bring back witch burning? It just it just proves to me that like badgers are the goths of the animal world. Even if you look at their markings, like they look like they're from Susie Sue and the Banshees or whatever. Like for me, it feels very. It feels like uh, animals are getting their revenge on humans by fly tipping into our gardens, our own relatives which uh, feels horrifying. And then it says here that the council can't move these badgers, right, because it is breeding season at the moment. And for me, it just goes to show the the, the sick habits of badgers. Like, if you're, if you're breeding and mating at the moment and you need, you need a femur and a skull, I mean, whatever happened to romance? Whatever happened to rose petals? I mean, these people are just... These badgers are just spreading, spreading uh, bones about to bone each other, and it's a disgrace. Um, but apparently... <laughs> um, and, like, apparently as well, these badgers make very elaborate sets so they will have like a six room um set they'll even make themselves a little bathroom so they don't like they don't like uh, any mess in their bathrooms so i suppose look if you did have the court the the 40 year old corpse of a, a woman from warwickshire or wherever it is uh, in your bathroom you would you would make changes do you know what i mean you would you would pop that out it's a bit of an eyesore that's all the time we have for our Badger news now, because now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Alison Spittle, what have you brought in for us this week? I'm reviewing uh, Feeding a Furby a Cigarette. 
So, uh, <laughs> I have loved Furby since when I was a child. Um, even when my next door neighbour told me that the Furbies were being used by the CIA to spy on me. And uh, I've nothing to hide, so I kept my Furby, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, one of my favourite things to do, this has been from, from when I've grown up, is I, I used to stick my finger in the mouth of a Furby and it would think it was food. I used to just trick this Furby all the time. But now uh, I put a cigarette in the mouth of a Furby. Can it smoke? No. Uh, but it, but it, it goes num, 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 num on that. And then... Uh, <laughs> For me, it's nothing funnier than seeing uh, someone smoke a cigarette and pretending to eat it, and um, <laughs> it looks hilarious. Just uh, what I need you to do is to stick a cigarette in a Furby's mouth today. You'll not, you'll not regret it. Five stars. <laughs> uh, five stars. Sticking a cigarette in a Furby's mouth. Athena, uh, what have you brought in for us? And and I mean, sorry, like not the lit side. Like I'm not saying. <laughs> extinguish a cigarette on a Furby's face or anything like that. That's wrong. One star. I mean, letting the letting the Furby smoke. Sorry, Athena. Sorry. No, can I can I review a film? You may review a film. Yeah. So I'd like to to review The Grey Man on on Netflix, which is a film, and that's the only thing I can say about it. It's <laughs> it's it is a film, and it's I just I I get very passionate about something this this a particular thing, and this thing I get passionate about is. Netflix action movies they're just so bad and the reason why it's so offensive is they cost about 200 million pounds so they've over the course of 10 years they've probably spent over they spent billions on just just drivel and they're so <laughs> I think the people who make them know they're really bad but they sort of do it for the money and I just sort of think there's so much famine and pestilence in this world like how could you how could you spend you know, five million on that explosion when you could have, you could have bought stuff. You know, <laughs> you, could any, you could have done anything with that money, and instead you just put a, a moustache on Chris Evans and just let him. <laughs> just, I don't. And if I walk down the street every time I see a, a man in, in a sleeping bag in front of McDonald's. I just think Netflix made the grey man. This is an injustice. In the, of all the injustice but it's a really bad film and it's offensive because it has really good ingredients it's a bit like going to Waitrose and buying the most expensive ingredients you can find in Waitrose like finest hummus and whatever you buy in Waitrose finest sugar snap peas which I personally have never bought in my life so I'm going to assume they're posh but I don't really know um, <laughs> but you buy all of them and instead of making a nice meal with them you just put it all together and you, and you deep fry it and you make posh food and chips or something it's just it's just so bad and the weird thing about it is like the cast is great the guy from the, the hot guy from Bridgerton 1 the sexy one he gave up Bridgerton 2 for that he wears three layers of clothes in that whole movie I swear to god he wears shirt jumper and jacket the whole time so you spend 200 million dollars on a movie you cast a hot guy from Bridgerton 1 and he's wearing three layers of clothes the whole time what a waste of money you can't even you can't even put him in a linen suit which is one layer and we can get a little bit of 
definition if you put the light in right. You can get a hint, a hint of nipple. Not even you got three layers. We don't even see none. There's nothing. And he's and his just whole, if, you, if he's lit from behind, you get the full meat and potatoes. Puppetry. It's so bad. It's got Ryan Gosling in it. It's got Chris Evans. It's got famous women who I'm, I'm really bad. I find it really hard to remember the names of famous A-list celebrity women, but I know they're really famous because they, you know, how they te- they they cast really similar looking women. I str- and I've got face. Um, I'm face blind, but the women in it are really famous. Um, so everyone's famous <laughs> in it, um, and it's terrible. And I really, I and I like to start a petition, a government petition, to stop Netflix making action movies. And and um, and I, I hope it will take off. It should be. We're talking about gas prices and the climate oh, yeah. crisis. I mean, like I used to not I, take it personally. Uh, watch that there were bad movies that exist, but now I have a child and I'm trying to pitch things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like how I've made like I've pitched so much amazingness, and they make no. It's I, this is more than sixty seconds, but it really makes my blood boil, and like there's bile <laughs> in my mouth now. Excuse me, excuse me, like, it's gone now. Thank you. How many stars? No, no, no stars. Oh my god, none. Literally, <laughs> no. What's the opposite of star? A black hole. My arse. It, it, it gets it gets four anuses. <laughs> four anuses out yes. of infinity anuses. <laughs> if we're talking about the black holes. Thank you. That's all the time we have for our reviews section because now it's time for our motoring section. As you know, all magazines have an excellent motoring section. And in this instance, it's a motoring slash tech section. Uh, apparently, nerds and hackers are trolling Tesla owners by wirelessly opening the door to their charging ports uh, using small handheld radios just as a, a fun prank against Tesla owners. The problem is most of the Tesla owners are so used to weird things happening to their <laughs> cars. Uh, they think, oh, this is just another disruption. And uh, they don't realize that it's a horrible prank. Uh, Athena, you have opinions about cars. Can you unpack this story? I can. First, there's, there's lots of unpack. First of all, nerds are really, really boring. I'm sorry. You have all the power <laughs> at your disposal, all the knowledge of the world. You know um, binary numbers and you know java and you're using it to open a port steal the car just steal it okay in my day if you could get into a car you'd get into it and you drive somewhere fun and then you set fire to the car and then you'd have a, and it'll be a, a, a good day had by all oh hey guys hey guys look at me look at me i'm opening the chart I'm, I'm opening the charging port yeah and so nerds please if you can steal the car steal it if you can't don't but don't open a port that's just boring um secondly i do think that Tesla owners should be trolled. Not, but, but electric vehicles are, prob- are the way forward, even though they have their own environmental issues, which we won't go into. But they are the way, they, the way forward. But there's lots of electric cars. Why would you choose to own a Tesla? Which, you know, I, I, just, I just sort of think, <laughs> every day there's a story about a Tesla exploding or the, 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 the driverless facility has driven someone off of a cliff. Or, <laughs> you know, just, it's just, I don't feel like Tesla has ever had a good publicity ever in its whole life. I've never opened up a paper to read about how great Teslas are. I only ever opened them up to read about how horrifically poor these cars perform. And people are still buying them. Um, so, yeah, if it's a weird one. If you're a Tesla owner, you do deserve to have your car stolen from you. If you're a nerd, <laughs> just do the right thing and make that happen and stop being boring. Hey, guys, look how cool I am. I, I made the windscreen wiper move a little bit. Like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Now bring back happy slapping. That's what I say. That's a good old school. 
uh, pranks that used to happen in my day. Sorry, um, I've been all I've been boring all my life. What's happy slapping? Happy slapping was I. I think it came out just about when people were able to video stuff on their phones, and it was when. Uh, like if you were sleeping on the bus, uh, someone would come up and slap you. Actually, maybe not the <laughs> nicest thing. <laughs> maybe I'm looking at back at that with rose tinted glasses. <laughs> but um, yeah, like uh, I love, I just love the idea that we we still innovate in pranks. Like it's beautiful. Apparently, as a Tesla owner, you can control that by saying "open butthole" on it. To, <laughs> like you can you can voice command. Your, your your car to open its butthole and um, never have I ever felt like it's such a uh, a true reflection of the person that owns that company like I feel I mean first of all if it were a true reflection of the person who owns that company it would be open butthole I'll give you a horse secondly <laughs> if it's the charging port surely it should be mouth yeah, you're right. You're right. It should be mouth. Maybe we can get on to... Well, I mean, come here. We're Unless talk- we've just learned something about the eating habits of billionaires that I didn't want to know. We're talking about buttholes and mouth to Elon Musk, a man who has sired many children. I don't think he opts for that. Like, you know, I don't think that's his number Jesus one option. Christ. His orifice of choice is none. <laughs> <laughs> Family show, Alison. Sorry, show. but you know... <laughs> Uh, that's all the time we have for our nerds trolling Tesla news because now it is time for our final story of this week, our crypto section. Uh, and this is the news that the crypto revolution uh, wants to reimagine books. Now, straight out of the gate, I just want to say uh, I think the idea of you know revolutionizing you know old boring systems that have layers and layers of corruption and and ancient things holding them back that's a beautiful idea but if we look at what happened when they tried to do that with money uh, and immediately ran into literally every problem that it's taken us a thousand years to solve uh, you can see why maybe you don't want to change the book immediately um, but let's have a uh, let's have a little look at this story. Uh, Athena, I assume you're reading a lot of children's books right now. So can you unpack this NFT news? My gosh, yes. So apparently, people who crypto people love to reimagine things uh, so we can live in a brighter world. Um, and they have said that if we could buy a stake in a book rather than rather than just own a copy of the book, but you buy a stake in the whole kind of IP of it, that way, if it's a, success, a successful book, your your stake grows. So this exists already in like you know, if you crowdfund or, you know, do go, you know, you can crowd, people do that. You, they say, oh, give us 10 pounds, we'll make a film and your reward would be to own a bit of the film. So they've not invented this. This is like already existed. And secondly, like, I just sort of think all the amazing books that are going to be amazing. Have been, like, and let, who's going to do The Hungry Caterpillar again? Who's going to do it? It's been done. <laughs> who's going to do Dear Zoo again? Who's going to do it? It's been done. So I feel like they've missed, missed the boat. I, why can't we just... Why does everything have to be about getting... Why can't I just own a book and read it and stick it on my shelf? Yeah. Why turning it into an investment opportunity just, is like so smacks what, of hustle culture. What's like monetize your hobby. Like go fuck yourself. I like reading books. Don't make me think I should be earning money for doing it. It's just like, what's wrong with these people? Like it doesn't... Crypto doesn't work. It's failed. You're all broke. This is just... It didn't work. You tried to get us to invest in this thing and it was really complicated and we had to use wallets and we had to mine 
insane and we had to do this stuff and then we did it and we put and we put up all our money in it and now it's all worth nothing it's all worthless and I say no 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 now you can buy a bit of a book and it's like no we don't want a bit of a book we just we just want the whole book we want to read it and we just want to get on with our lives I think crypto now is a red flag anyone that says I need to get into crypto or everything I just sort of think red flag not not relationship red flag human red flag (laughs) but also to clarify if you buy a stake in the NFT of the book then you get uh, earnings from the sales not of the book but of the NFT of the book so again I'll I'll tell you something if I get out of bed and go to work and then come home by the end of the week or month I get paid and that's good enough for me alright that is more or less good enough if I write a script and I send it to someone and they buy it I get paid can we just do stuff for money rather than put bets they're just trying to make our lives into big betting shops and I don't want to I don't want to bet for money I just want to produce something lovely and sell it or whether it's labour whether it's creative you know I want to be a bricklayer I want to go up I want to get out of bed go build a wall have someone pay me for that wall and go home I don't want to take a punt on the next hungry hippo book or or whatever <laughs> I just I just want to have a job and I want to then get money for that job and I want to enjoy my life crypto people please go get into a Tesla and drive off a cliff we're done with you we're done <laughs> Alison would you buy an NFT portion of a book I a would a prospective book I would uh, the book title would be um, Harry Potter and the second mortgage that he had to take out because of a crypto scam like and they could uh, they could invest heavily in that um, no it just like for me first editions almost seems like the physical embodiment of crypto scams anyway you know the way that like uh apparently it's like worth more if you're able to um if you if you're able if you're able to say that you have like the first print of a book itself when that seems like a scam because i mean i you know they've printed like three million of these books i can buy a book tomorrow in paperback probably cheaper than these first editions that people pay thousands for anyway but um no it see it just seems like um crypto for me doesn't it never made sense a year ago and i've been doing this podcast a year probably every podcast that we've done as well together has had a story about crypto so i've been forcefully having to read uh, articles about crypto and uh, it's still not working you know, <laughs> there's never a happy news story about crypto. There's never well, like it's never, it's also never the actually. sort of logistics of it don't quite work because you're investing in the opportunity to to be part of the success of a book. So you're investing in the NFT of the book on the premise that if the book then becomes successful, the NFT will become valuable. It will sell on and you continue to make a profit the more it is sold on. But of course, what you have bought is the opportunity to say, I told you so that a book was successful. No one is later going to buy the opportunity to buy the thing that you said I told you so about because they were wrong. So what are you going to do? There's no secondary sales market. There's no you've just made a product that no one wants to buy, which is your own smugness. No one's going to buy your own smugness later down the line. Apparently, some of them are now saying, well, what, what, what you can do is you can buy uh, a token a token gate, which means that when you buy this NFT part of the book, then what you get is like access to behind the scenes conversations with the author. So they've just invented Patreon. And <laughs> I do not understand why they feel the urge. Like it's that thing where you're like, there's a gap in the market. No one's turned this into, as you say, Athena, it turned into a horrible gambling den. And then you just go, why would anyone? 
which book is going to gain the most investment? Like, it's going to be a Jordan Peterson book, isn't it? <laughs> right, exactly. The people yeah. are going to start buying, like, My Life by Piers Morgan and all this <laughs> crap. And don't buy a book because you think it will make you rich in the future. Buy a book because it will make you look clever when you bring your Tinder date home. That's, <laughs> that is a proper incentive for buying a book. Buy it because you can put it on, the, on your bookshelf in your Zoom background. It will make you look like you've got qualifications okay but don't buy it because it will make you look rich it's a silly reason to buy a book which is another thing because what they're going to have to do when they sell these nfts is sell certificates so that you can bring your date home and go here look i own 1.6 percent of infinite jest as an <laughs> NFT. Well, what else have you got in your wall your, your 25 meter swimming certificate as well i mean come on like no it's just also i don't i really want to eradicate the idea of nfts and crypto from the world and I, if i was if i was thanos that would be my who disappears people with crypto they can <laughs> click they're all gone do you know what book my mum would love for me to invest in uh, the bible <laughs> <You know? laughs> maybe we could take a moment <laughs> to invest all of ourselves in a good book <laughs> have you heard the good news yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of the Bible would you invest in? Like in <laughs> Genesis for sure. Uh, all right, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of the Gargle. I'm flipping through the ads at the back. Athena, have you got anything you want to plug? Oh, oh God, no! I'm doing nothing. It's August, so I've got nothing in my diary because everyone's going to Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. um, just, I guess, if just find me on find me online. I th- I'm sure I'm doing something, um, but yeah, it's all on, on my socials, um, which is just my name. If you find my name online, you'll find me. Excellent. Uh, find Athena online. She's actually very good value. I follow her on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Alison, have you got anything to plug? Uh, yes, I do. I am doing... Oh, by, uh, the say, when I, by, by, by the way, when I say good value, I mean I've invested in an Athena uh, <laughs> NFT. And the more successful she is on Twitter, the more of a cut I get for my ego. So if you go follow her, I get a cut. So uh, please do that. <laughs> so I'm doing a show called Wet Every Day 445 in the Pleasance Courtyard uh, from the 3rd until the the 29th I think of August or, and uh, uh, every day apart from the eight, the 9th because my sister's getting married that day also going to be in Dublin <laughs> uh, at the 5th of November in the Liberty Hall and that's with Wet too um, and follow me at Alison Spill on Instagram I have a link tree there that has all my information in the bio and uh, Twitter is Alison Spittle as well and thank you so much by the way to the gargoglers that came to see me in Leicester like I actually got people just off the back of this podcast so uh, really, if were you, they if wearing you come, their half a glass of water t-shirts That's yeah so, if you yeah come, it's so great <laughs> if you come to my Edinburgh show and you're a gargler say hello to me and uh, thank you so much for being a listener and everyone thank you well for yeah. me because at the moment I'm like dashing to shows and then dashing off so that I can uh, feed my baby I'm not getting to talk to the audiences as much as I was like but I get to look out in the audience and see the half a glass of water t-shirts and be like ah, it's like a real genuinely it's a real thrill it's such a um, not to you know um, blow smoke up your asses uh, but it's nice to have a good audience yeah um, 
And speaking of which, I own 13.6% of wet as a, an NFT. Sorry, Alison, I minted you while you weren't watching. Um, oh, no. But uh, do go along and support that in Edinburgh. I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at, at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V, on Twitter and Instagram, or patreon.com slash Fraser is a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, and blogs. This is a Bugle podcast production and an Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ted Hunter and Ross Golding. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.